Hello, and welcome to the Digital Marketing Campfire, where we sit down with marketing experts from every corner of the industry to discuss marketing tips, tactics, and trends. Today, we are speaking with Brianna Simons, who's an expert in experiential and multicultural marketing. She is passionate about delivering powerful brand experiences and encouraging brands to gain a better understanding of their audience through lived experience. Let's get started. The Digital Marketing Campfire is brought to you by VideoFresh. VideoFresh makes premium video production easier than ever for brand marketers. Learn more at videofresh.co. Brianna Simons is an expert in experiential and multicultural marketing. Today, many brands are out of touch with their own audiences. They market to them using brand strategies that don't take their audience's lived experience into account. This can result in brands feeling tone deaf to their audiences rather than resonating with them on a deep level. Brianna is passionate about helping brands fix this by changing their hiring practices, incorporating focus groups, learning from social media algorithms, and so much more. So, Brianna, thank you so much for talking with me today. I'm so excited to dive into this topic with you. First of all, when did you first develop an interest in marketing? Big question. What's up? (laughs) I am Brianna Simons. I have been working in marketing for over a decade now. And my interest, looking back, before I knew what marketing was, I've been interested in multiple forms of marketing since I was a little girl. I used to do uh, intense scrap booking (laughs) because I was so into visuals. And then in middle school and high school, I was campaigning in student council. In college, I was the one who made all the flyers and planned events. So I've been super involved in the industry in my own youthful way uh, for a long time. And after uh, college, I, I mean, I studied it in college and in grad school. I've worked in different parts of marketing from events to sales to strategy and now account and product management. So pretty diverse experience in this field and I'm still in love with it. That is awesome. What aspect of what you do excites you the most? What really gets you out of bed in the morning? I think it's seeing marketing as an art and a science and it's by default a reflection of us as humans and what we do and think and consume. Um, marketing is its really a relationship between a consumer or a person and a brand, and I am fascinated by that, the opportunity to contribute to it and the opportunity to con- con- critique it every day as a, as a person, So, especially in Los Angeles. So what is multicultural marketing for someone that maybe isn't that familiar with the term? I believe that multicultural marketing is inherently marketing. The entire concept of marketing should always be delivered to all different types of people. So the idea of multicultural marketing becoming a buzzword in the industry is very interesting and a little comical to me, to be honest. But I do think it's important. I do believe that all brands should be consciously doing campaigns that are multicultural uh, or you're really just hitting one demographic, one market, one subset of people, or you're failing because you're doing one type of campaign to everybody, which is uh, not going to (laughs) work. I think we all are privy to some of the big mistakes culturally that big brands make. They have a lot of money and there's a tiny group of decision makers at the top and it's 
proven that the people at that table don't have a mixture of ex- lived experiences. They don't have a mixture of demographic or sociocultural experiences that can make a, you know, that can contribute to a holistic decision or a strategy or an execution of any campaign. Um, I think an obvious example would be Pepsi and Kylie Jenner (laughs) in the middle of the season of riots using that environment to display in a commercial. That's insane. Um, But I, I do think the climate right now in the marketing industry in regard to multicultural marketing is um, a learning curve from the marketing marketers themselves because there's a lot of uh, language barrier and terminology with speaking correctly about diverse audiences. Uh, there's a barrier when it comes to education. To understand the past is to understand the present, which is to improve the future. So it's been really interesting witnessing brands try to do the right thing when I feel like internally internally at those organizations, they're scrambling to understand, to collaborate with these new people in their, in their companies if they are hiring diverse people. So that's uh, my, my opinion about the industry right now. Talk about the importance of lived experience in marketing. Yeah, I mean, brands are really made up of a handful of people that are collectively making these decisions. So having multiple lived experiences in um, those teams is super relevant. So right now, I think there's this expectation that most most rooms of uh, brand and marketing folks are, are white males, to keep it real. And if you're able to put together a campaign that reaches every other type of person, that's impressive. But a lived experience for me personally, I am a woman. I'm a woman of color. I'm college educated, got two degrees. I've lived in multiple countries, traveled and studied and worked in other countries. I am multiracial, not just a person of color, as in I'm only a black woman, but I'm also Latina, I'm also Native American, I'm also European white, and I have lived in so many places and been in so many different environments that I feel like I have a true grasp and understanding of different cultures and different groups of people that I bring to the table in my work. And in previous jobs and career experiences, I was the only person doing that. Uh, whereas now I'm in an environment where I'm around other people that have similar lived experiences and it feels so good. It's really, really different to be able to make a reference and someone else immediately understands it without having to Google it or without having to ask for context. It's very refreshing and I am really hopeful that these types of experiences from a marketing perspective can continue to happen for other companies. That is so interesting. What else can brands do to gain true insight into the lived experience of their audience? Yeah, I mean, research. And by that, I obviously support and regularly use secondary research. But I think an opportunity to conduct primary research. So whether it's a focus group or just grabbing the actual um, audience or a selection of them is 
very, very um, valuable. And to, to guess is such a risk. I think when we had chatted last, I brought up how whenever I'm introduced to a new client or brand, one of the things I'll do is I will go to some of their social media pages. And on Instagram, there's a feature to see similar profiles. And that's how I can judge really how Instagram accounts, Instagram users are viewing this brand because of how all the algorithms are connected. Um, that gives me a really unique composition set, co sorry, competition set uh, to, to look at because something I just came across recently um, with a client brief is the brief indicated, hey, my competitors are A, B, and C. And I read that and thought, I think your competitors are D, E, and F. And then I can go to Instagram and see similar profiles and pages and the competitors are X, Y, and Z. And it's so interesting because the, um, the amount of information and in marketing that is subjective and really influences what we do every day in our day jobs. Uh, so I, I think the um, type of research tools can be super simple, quick and free, or it can be reaching out to people in your organization. At my agency, Onboard Experiential, we do focus groups with um, employees that have lived experiences of the target demographic we're going after. So when a new employee joins our company, there's a survey that they can complete. It's voluntary. But in that survey, they can identify which experiences they have. Do um, Can I uh, resonate with a veteran's life experience? Can I resonate with um, a, disabled, a person with disabilities? Can I resonate with um, multicultural lived experience? And we um, use those results to invite them to focus groups for different brands when we kick off and really try to understand those uh, communities. And it's been really um, valuable to, to run and to see and to even be a part of. It's um, beyond the benefits of the, the project. It's also been a really, really dope way to get to know my coworkers, especially virtually during uh, the pandemic. So I, I think that's a, a tool that more companies could be using internally that isn't, you know, the $20,000 research fee that you have to go outside of your company to uh, coordinate. So do you think that there are good and bad motivating factors at play when organizations have conversations about adopting multicultural marketing? I'm personally motivated and I hope other people are motivated by doing the right thing. But I think the flip side of that is a lot of people I've witnessed are motivated by fear of doing the wrong thing. And I think that those are two very different intrinsic motivations of being authentic and multicultural marketing. I have been in professional organizations and have held roles related to diversity, equity, and inclusion or related to culture. And it's, it's shocking, even in those microcosm settings, to witness how uneducated people might be or to witness uh, some of the biases that are still happening even when you're in a role that holds you to a standard of being ethical, of, of being knowledgeable about different types of people and using that in your work every day. The experience this last couple of years has been something in the community or in pop culture and the news is happening. It's major, it's 
traumatic, it's intense, it's political, it's racial, it's cultural. And the next day you go into the workplace and the ask isn't, how are you? How is it affecting you? The ask is, how can we craft a message for our social media and our website to say that we're advocates? And that is an example of informative marketing that I have heard from so many friends in different industries and different careers uh, expressed in the last few years. So that would be a complete fail. And seeing it internally this last couple of years at multiple companies has been really um, heart-wrenching, to be honest. I I do think as a consumer, uh, we're only seeing the end product and being in marketing, having the opportunity to see it come together. Um, I've, I've seen it come together authentically and I've seen it come together as a wreck and performative. So I really, really hope <laughs> that more companies are taking the steps and the time to do the right thing um, in terms of the business goals and how it trickles down to what is said on social media after an event. I understand how powerful social media is, but it's one facet of who an organization is publicly. And it's been so interesting, like a week out from Juneteenth, being a woman of color, being a black woman at a company and being asked, can you put something together? And it's like, no, that's not something I'm willing to do. And my answer is really no. Um, And I, I feel like there's this cultural calendar at every company and when the, when some key date approaches, it's like, what do we got? What do we do? What do we want to say? How do you want to present this? That is so insightful. Do you think that there are any policies that organizations can put in place that can prevent performative marketing and be more authentic and empathetic with their audience? I'm always an advocate of education. I don't think much can happen without a baseline curriculum for staff, for any human. And so I I always say start there. And even the decision-making of what is being educated to an organization is, um, I find it really interesting and a bit political. I've I've been on a team of folks who we voluntarily were trying to develop curriculum to eliminate racism, to eliminate bias in the workplace. And that experience exposed me to the politics of leadership. And it was really, really ugly to say the least. So policies definitely start with decision makers and leaders that believe in the end result. Um, I've seen a lot of policy change internally with diversity, equity, and inclusion. So that might mean, hey, we now have a new department dedicated to this field that will influence not only a human resources department, but will also influence all that we do as an organization, especially in marketing. Do we have DE&I KPIs um, and integrated into each department's outcomes, whether it's facilities and the type of vendors that we're partnering with, or whether it's our you know product and sales department who is ensuring that we reach specific demographics and ethnicities or something along those lines? Or is it human resources who's held to hiring a balance of males and females? Um, Those are policies I've seen a lot and those have been all throughout the news. So in this industry. 
Are there any other common mistakes that you see brands making with regard to multicultural marketing? I encourage all marketers to consider a few more terms in their daily vernacular. So multicultural marketing, I think right now black culture is very popular and it does inform general culture. And so I want marketers to think more about what multicultural means. It doesn't just mean uh, one type of culture. You can consider all different demographics and psychographics that could make up different markets, whether that be beyond ethnicity, it could be age, it could be gender, it could be, you know, regions, all these different factors and facets of what builds a culture. And then I also encourage marketers who are a little bit green to diversity terminology to take a look at the difference between systemic and systematic. Those are two very different things. I also encourage marketers to check out the terms equity and equality. Those are two very different things. And I think having a really firm hold on what those mean and how you use them in the workplace can really elevate how you work and how your teams are modeled after whatever that strategic oversight is. My fear is that history could repeat itself in terms of whoever decided the curriculum (laughs) made a bad decision. And so if we can't uh, kind of correct the language that we're using or the history that we kind of all have a baseline knowledge of, then we're screwed. What makes you optimistic about the future of multicultural marketing? Yeah, if you asked me one or two years ago, I would not be optimistic. I've been in environments where I've firsthand witnessed executives in really important positions of power have no interest, care, or intention with the full community of the people that they served, which some of those clients, they served everyone. So I am now optimistic, mostly because I'm now in an environment at my workplace where we intentionally work with brands because they're ready to be authentic and they are ready to put together really dope (laughs) campaigns and events and activations. I work with a team that is the most um, educated and skilled and diverse team. I mean, the collaboration is out of this world. And so I am inspired and I am motivated that the trajectory can change because I'm living the example with the team I'm on now. Brianna, thank you so much for sharing your experience and so many great insights. This is such an important topic and there's so much here to take to heart. Definitely. Thank you for your time, Rob, and for reaching out. I am ha- I'm happy to continue this conversation with anyone. I can be reached on LinkedIn, Brianna Simons. That's me. The Digital Marketing Campfire is brought to you by VideoFresh. VideoFresh makes premium video production easier than ever for brand marketers. Their experienced team of video production professionals guides you through every project with energy, inspiration, and enthusiasm. The VideoFresh team handles script writing, casting, location booking, filming, and editing for all of your video production needs, all through a first-of-its-kind flat-rate subscription model, so you never have to wait for a quote again. Every video is gorgeously produced, and they dig deep to ensure that every video crushes your KPIs every time. They also have a perfect video guarantee. 
If you aren't completely satisfied with the project for any reason, they will keep working on it for free until you love every frame. Learn more at videofresh.co.